Welcome to the Titans Navy and Coach Mac podcast presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Need great health care coverage with an affordable price tag? Let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They've been protecting Tennesseans for 75 years. I'm Amy Wells. Welcome to the Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast. Mac, of course, is here as well. Mac, how you doing? Doing great, Amy. Just got through watching practice. Uh, everything's good. All right. Well, that's good. The Tennessee Titans are coming off of a loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. That makes them 7-4 and four this season. But they're still 3-0 and oh in the division. And, in just pure comedy, if the playoffs started today, the Tennessee Titans would be the number three seed. And they would host who? The Cincinnati Bengals. Because, of course, they would. Perfect. Bring them back. Bring them <laughs> on. <laughs> so, of course, there's still a lot of football left to play. But it's fun to kind of look at those things. Well, I mean, this is the time of year when you start to, to, to look at positioning because you put yourself in position. So you're not doing anything way out in advance at looking at that because that's important. I mean, we've got six weeks left, and we've got some AFC games left. Uh, you win games in December when you put yourself in a place to win games to get to the playoffs. That helps you. We so, are in December football as it is December 1 as we record this. So December football is here, which is really the greatest time of the year. I mean, Christmas is delightful, but December football is really where it's at. Well, uh, because if you're in the National Football League, this is is when you try to get into the tournament. I mean, you've got to put yourself in position to get in the tournament early in the year, but there's always – always early in the year, you can always say there's a lot of games left. We've got time. We've got time. Time's starting to squeeze now. And plus, at this time of year, I know I'm not telling our listeners, our two million listeners, anything they don't know. But this time of year, you've usually got, you know, quite a few people nicked up. So you're not playing at full strength. Nobody is. Some people are more at full strength than others. But like the Titans, you're trying to patch it together right now for some important games down the stretch. Yep, the Titans do have a lot of important games coming up, including the one this coming Sunday. They are going on the road to take on the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. And, of course, I want to get into that and talk all about that matchup. But before we do, I want to answer a few questions that I have received from people following the Bengals game. Okay. Before we completely put it in the rearview mirror, I want to kind of clear up some things. So I have lined out, listed out, I guess is a better way to say it, the questions that I've gotten the most frequently in the last, say, week. Okay. And, Mac, I'm going to have you answer them. All right. I'll try. All right. Question number one. Explain the penalty on the field goal attempt that ended the game. What happened there? You cannot. The league has put the rule in several years back. Used to be you could just maul a center. On, on punts and kickoffs. In fact, that was a strategy to try to – the center has got his head down, looking between his legs, and used to could crush him. Try to crush him, either create a bad snap or create a gap in the coverage. If you'll notice now on all coverages, the center's the first guy down the field because you can't hit him. You can't, you can't hit him anymore. Now, on field goals, you cannot and, – and on punts, you cannot line up on the center. You can't line up on him. And at the snap of the ball, you cannot contact his head or neck area. Because his head's down, he's looking between his legs, and, and he's, he's vulnerable. And so that is a clear and distinct rule. Everybody knows it, and that's exactly what happened. It was the correct call. So question number two, while we're talking about special teams, we'll say, how did kicker Caleb 
Chudak perform against the Bengals. It was a really windy day. What did you think of his performance? I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. The one that he missed, you were down there on the field. You were giving us the Amy Wells weather report during the game down there, and it was windy. And the wind was blowing from his left to his right. The official under the under the one goal post where the ball started out started to walk out and raise his hands. That's why Mike Keith thought it it was good. Right. But then the other one on the other side, and because the wind caught it when it got up in the air and blew it completely right. I thought he did. I thought he did fine. Yeah, that wind was uh, it was a tricky wind because it was kind of coming from two different directions. So on that specific field goal attempt, when he kicked the ball. It, there was no wind when he it left his foot, and then a breeze just came through and pushed it to the side. At one point during that game, sideline report from sideline reporter Amy Wells was like this. Mike Keith said, Amy, where's the wind blowing from? And you said southwest. And then Rhett Bryan went northeast, and it, both were right. It did that. I yeah. mean, th- it, was, it was swirling like that, mm-hmm. that fast. I even drew, I don't have my notes with me, but when I got down to the field, the first thing I did was draw a compass on my notes so that I could orient myself and I would know when Mike asked me which way it was coming from. Well, sure. I mean, you're always spot on with it, but that was a swirling wind, which happens because of the way that that stadium is configured. Yeah, it, it was it was crazy. It was one of the windier games that I've been a part of at Nissan Stadium. Well, they were gusting, too. It wasn't mm-hmm. just a steady wind that you sometimes you can judge and play the wind, like with your golf shot. But when it's erratic like that and switching back and forth, that's hard. Yeah, it was it was a tough day. So glad Caleb Shudak was able to to have a decent day for his first day kicking at Nissan Stadium. He'd never done that before. Well, I mean, he was fine. Yeah. He had a decent day. That's what I said. All right. Question number three. How much of an impact did the absence of Ben Jones in the offensive line have on the run game and what Derrick Henry was able to do? Well, it does because he's the center of it, and he's got mass to him, and he you can move. You, look, your center guard triangle on any type of run, whether you're running pin and pull or whether you're running a zone schemes, the center is vital because on the zone schemes, he's doubling with either guard. On the pin and pull, he's got to be the main block back guy if you're going to pull a guard behind him or pull a tackle behind him so look he's our starting center one of the better players on the team when you're missing your good players take this note from coach mack when you miss your good players you got a problem (laughs) yeah that's a good note it's it's true note take it from me well speaking of good players question number four here is what is your evaluation of Traylon burks and how he has grown and evolved this season i thought i thought he was on a great trajectory before he got the turf toe at indianapolis that set him back a little bit i think since he's come back he has started to pick up right where he was this is a big strong powerful athlete uh, we, we've seen what he could do the combat catch that he made in in the in the Bengals game was as nice as there is plus the tremendous effort that he made to recover the ball that was fumbled by Derrick Henry after a 71-yard screen run, you know, for the touchdown. This guy's all in. And so uh, I, I'm, I'm all about Traylon Burks. Question number five. How can the Titans' defense, specifically the secondary, contain explosive plays going forward? That's not something they did such a great job with against the Bengals. Well, yeah, the, 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 let's, let's, say, let's just get this straight. Explosive plays never went over their head. They were contested combat catches. There was nobody running free. There was no free access. And so when you contest a combat catch, like, you know, like the one T. Higgins caught down there at, at, at the pylon, that was a contested catch. Just a bigger receiver came down with it. So 
that to me, those types of explosive plays that are contested don't bother me at all. It's the ones that are free release, free access, people running wide open, coverage busts, those types of things. That's what bothers you as a coach. Contested catches, that's within the competition. You know, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. So I don't have a problem with any of that. All right, here's my final question from the people, more or less. Sure, I love questions from the people. Yeah, I thought you might like yeah, this, I do. this little game instead. Question number six, how do the Titans continue to try and fill the void left by Danico Autry as he continues to recover from a knee injury suffered in Green Bay against well, the Packers? Well, it's hard, it's hard uh, without Danico because we've, we've been missing. Right, let's, let's stay with this. We missed Harold Landry all year. We made up for that, we, you know, for other people. Then we missed Bud Dupree for a while. We're able to make up with that because Big Jeff is still rolling, and we got Danico next to him. Now, Big Jeff is not playing at 100% right now. Danico was out of the ball game, and so you only you reach you reach a level of saturation as to where you start losing your front line players. Danico Autry is one of the more valuable defensive players on this team. First of all, because he's really good. He's a violent player, which I like, and that's good violence in the National Football League playing defense. The other thing is, is he's so versatile. Because he plays inside, he plays outside, he can stand up, he can match up. So you ask me how much missing him uh, is, it's a lot because he does a lot. So now it's time to turn the page. Well, yeah. I mean, you look, you got to play with who's healthy and who can play. I mean, how many years I coached in the league? 31 years. Guess Are how you many asking? Years, no, I'm telling. <laughs> guess, how many, guess how many people felt sorry for me when I was missing players? None. Close your eyes, tell me what you see. That's how many of them did. Uh. None. Yeah. Well, okay, that's life. Yeah, that is life, and the Titans have had to deal with that life pretty much all season this year. Um, it's just the luck of the draw sometimes. But now they're getting ready to head to Philadelphia, and they're taking on the ten and one Eagles, who are remarkably healthy. And before we really dive into that, I had the opportunity. I had the opportunity to have a little conversation with Kevin Byard. He is from Philadelphia. And so I wanted to talk to him about being from Philly and also getting ready to face a relatively unfamiliar opponent. Kevin Byer, the Titans defense has shown up week after week and has continued to be one of the bright spots of this Titans team. What do you attribute that to at this point in the season? I mean, I think as, as a defense, you know, obviously we love playing together. Uh, we have a really great time. We're all just trying to be successful. We want to go out there and win. We want to dominate. And I think this type of mentality to have on defense, guys want to go out there and hunt, get the ball. We want to get off the field on third downs. We want to just go out there and make plays. So uh, then also we're just very resilient. We're just a team that wants to keep fighting and keep fighting. No matter where the referees spot the ball, we want to go out there and make plays. So as long as we continue to do that, I think we'll continue to be successful on defense. In the secondary, you guys have overcome a lot of adversity, especially when it comes to personnel and the guys that have been available due to injuries and things of that nature. As you start to get guys healthy again and back on the field, are you excited about the depth that that provides you as the season goes on? Absolutely. I mean, we've always been a man, next man up mentality defense. And obviously when guys go down, something that you don't want to see, uh, some of the younger guys and guys that we sometimes we just sign the same week that they play in a the game, they do a great job of coming in prepared, uh, answering questions because we're going to treat backups like starters. They have to prepare like a starter. And uh, so once we start getting everybody healthy, that depth is going to help us big time as we get to this late, this late run stretch. Playing a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, not a team that you see very often. How does that change the way that you prepare for this matchup? 
Well, I mean, we're preparing to play the best team in the league. I mean, they're 10-1 and one for a reason. They do a lot of great things, especially on offense with a guy like Jalen Hurts is playing at an MVP level, have a really great running back in Miles Sanders who's going to get over 1,000 yards this year. And obviously our guy A.J. Brown is up there with some other guys, Devontae Smith. So dangerous weapons all over the field. We're going to have to play our best football to go out there and get a W in Philadelphia. Good to see A.J. Brown, but also going to be a lot of fun to go up against him. Yeah, it's going to be excellent. Obviously, AJ's my guy. Uh, we know what kind of dangerous player that he is when he gets the ball in his hands. Uh, we'll probably do a little bit of trash talking out there, but you know, I'll chop it up with him pregame and postgame. So it'll be good to see him. But obviously, you don't want to have, don't want him to have a good game against us. Jalen Hurts is a guy that can extend plays in so many different ways. What do you guys have to do to contain him? Yeah, we have to play discipline, especially with you know our rush lanes when we're rushing the passer. He's a guy that can really stretch the defense, not only with his arm, but obviously with his with his run game. Um, when he gets the ball in open field, he's like a running back. So we have to treat him like a running back. So just being disciplined, playing with good fundamentals, and making sure he don't break those long runs like he did uh, against Green Bay, having over 100 rushing yards in the first in the first quarter. Now you're a guy from the Philly area. Titans don't get to play there very often. How excited are you to be going back home? I'm super excited. 2019, we went up there in the preseason. Uh, but this time was going to be my first time ever playing in that stadium in the regular season game. That fans are rowdy. I'm expecting an electric crowd, a great environment. It's going to be good to see a lot of my family up there. I got a whole bunch of ticket requests. So uh, we should be packed out in, in Philadelphia. Your family's big Philly fans. Do they cheer for you? Do they cheer for Philly? How do you work that out so that's the funny thing about it I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if half and half has on buyer jerseys and the other half has Eagles jerseys uh Philly fans are very loyal to their team obviously they're rooting me on but I guarantee they're still gonna be rooting for Philly so uh well, I'm gonna have to have some words with them after the game but it's just what it is I kind of understand and expect it but at the end of the day uh we go up there and get a W I'm gonna be talking a lot of trash in that post-game locker room thanks Kevin no problem says that his family will not be rooting for him. They will be rooting for the Eagles. What? Have you ever been to Philly to play a game? I have, but like... Oh, let, let me just I say this. blood let, should be thicker than fandom. Let me just say this. Have you gone in on the team bus? You always do, right? Yeah. You know, going into most places, people are tailgating, and some of them may be throwing the football around, playing catch, having fun. Some give you some hand signals that aren't nice. You know, but all in all... When you go to Philly, they're playing tackle football in the parking lot on concrete. <laughs> so that's yeah. that's how diehard they are there. So it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I just, I mean, the man gets you tickets to the game. Least you can do is like throw on a blue T-shirt. You know what? It's and like I, 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 Kevin Byard, of course. I mean, just you know what a stud he is in in a lot of different areas. Uh, he's a better man than I am because, you know, when I was coaching and we would go back because I'm from Texas, you know, to go back to play the Cowboys, if people were wanted to wear Cowboy stuff, no tickets. See, that's how I am. Yeah. And uh, I guess that makes me a little mean, I guess. But well, you and I both are mean. That's fine. Kevin, that's why we have a podcast together. Yeah, ke That's right. And Titans that, Amy and Coach Mac mean podcast. And that's why your name's first because you're meaner. <laughs> All right, speaking of mean, this Philadelphia Eagles team is kind of mean. Um, let's break them down a little bit. Yep. I guess we have to start with Jalen Hurts. This entire offense runs through him. Yes, and it does. He's able to do so many different things with his arms and his legs. Here's the thing. The Titans have seen running quarterbacks this season. What makes him different? Well, it's a different offense. I mean, this is an RPO offense, but it's really our RPO because the run, the run fake to the – to the, the running back, I mean, 
this guy has design runs called for him within that RPO system. The thing that has made him so good this year, Amy, is he's matured as a, as a passer. And he's matured as a passer with his accuracy. He's also matured as a passer as far as to disp- dispersing of his receivers. He knows where they are now. When he first came into the league, I mean, he was a running quarterback. He was a running quarterback. This guy is a tremendous athlete. Uh, he's one of the faster quarterbacks in the league. I'm talking about just run, run. And so what he's doing and the way that he's doing and the weapons around him, uh, we can talk about him all we want to, but the offensive line that he has in front of him is one of the better offensive lines in the league, both in production and in consistency. Well, and because of that offensive line, he's even able to do so much more, right? Well, yeah, and the, the fact is often an RPO system, when he fakes, people are up biting on the run, so he has more time to throw. He's got good protection. The run draw with him running or with him faking to a back is such a heavy draw because what they run for last week, 323 yards, Green Bay, that's a lot of yards in the National Football League against the National Football League team. This guy, this guy has got – He's got a good group around him, and that's. But he he himself, Amy, has improved so much technically as a quarterback. He was always a great runner. Now he's a quarterback, and that's an issue. Well, it's an issue because he's got a lot of people to do quarterback things with, and I'm talking about those receivers. We obviously know what AJ Brown can do, but he is not even close to the only star receiver that the Eagles are working with. Quez Watkins, Devontae Smith, I mean, those guys are, are excellent. They run a lot of eleven personnel. Uh, you know, when they when they get into what they're wanting to do, you know, with with, with their tight ends, their tight ends are just a, are a part of it. But it's mostly the running backs and the wide receivers. And as you said, and then when you play this quarterback like he is the runner that he is and the called runs that he has, you have to do you have to do what they call plus one on defense. You have to have somebody assigned to him because he is a major factor. And it's not off schedule runs. I mean it's it's scheduled runs. So you got a plus one from your defense. You've got to play very, very uh concise defense and you got to be very disciplined when you play this type of offense. And you've got to understand where you want to make these runs funnel. You can't just have say, okay, well, he's going to go inside or outside and we'll chase him. you got to funnel it one way or the other, depending on your defensive call. And everybody, it's like playing It's like playing the wishbone back in the old days. You've got to be disciplined to play this type of offense. Let's talk about their defense a little bit okay. because they have a plus 13 turnover ratio. That's big. Tell me what that means. Describe that or explain that to our listeners. Well, they're taking the ball away 13 more times or giving it up, which is huge. You know, you talk about plus 13 at this stage in the game, that's that's really big. And especially with an offense, is expl- their offense is scoring nearly 28 points a game. So with an offense that's scoring like that, you give them extra series, which plus 13 gives you extra series. I mean, that's this team is 10-1 and one for a reason. You don't even have to know the numbers if you'll put on the tape and start looking at it, and all of a sudden you go, they're good. <laughs> but because I mean, you can see it. I mean, they they are very they are a very complete football team. Defensively, you know, they run a four three. They'll run some three four stuff, but four three. Brandon Graham and Josh Sweat on the outside. Those guys are really good defensive ends in a four three. Really good. And then Fletcher Cox, you know, one of the defensive tackles, has been playing for uh, thirty six years. 
I mean, he's a <laughs> really, really good, still strong player in there. And then, and then what they what they have, their linebackers. I really like Hassan Reddick and T.J. Edwards. And then you you talk about their secondary being plus thirteen. They can go get the ball with the cornerback James Bradbury, Darius Slay, Josiah Scott is one of the better nickel cornerbacks in the league. And then uh, you know Marcus Epps is a really, really good safety. So Mac, yeah, they're good on offense. They're good on defense. That's how you win 10 games. Well, yeah. I I've, mean, I've been on teams that have been 10 and 0 in this league before in my career, and you know how we were. We had good players. Yeah. And that's how you do it. So, why do the Titans have a chance of winning this well, game? Well, they got a because they're the only team playing them. I mean, because <laughs> the only team playing them. Every game is a, is a separate entity unto itself. And you've got you've to practice and you've got to get a game plan together. But then. Uh, you understand, and I think our listeners understand too, they've been with us long enough. There are moments in games where you've got a chance to flip it, where you've got a chance to flip it to your side or your opponents have a chance to flip it to their side. You've got to negate their moments and take advantage of yours. Every game is like that. How does Mike Vrabel get his team ready to play this game? Well, just it, it just give, give him some keys and go back to the to basically what you got to do. There there are no tricks in the National Football League. You know, people think, oh, all right, well, this week we're going to trick. There's no tricks. You're going to have to win your one-on-one matchups, and then you can't turn the ball over if they're plus 13. Don't let, don't let yourself be a – uh, part of plus 14 don't be a statistic don't be a stat <laughs> you know don't don't turn it over to him and then when you've got your moments take care of it and the first thing you've got to do is realize what they're looking at from last week correct those issues know how they want to attack you and then get a plan of attack on your side to counter to counteract them i mean that's what you have to do and the only way you can do it is i mean and, and uh, people get tired of hearing this but look believe me I've been involved in over 700 NFL games. It's play to play to play to play to play. You can't look ahead, and you really can't look behind. Play to play. How do you remember so much about individual games? And that This is completely separate, but it just popped into my brain. How do you remember so much about each individual game when you've been involved in 700-plus NFL games? Because you're totally immersed in it when you're doing it and getting ready for it. I mean, it's branded in your brain. Because everyone – look, when you're coaching, you're – I mean, you got a nice house, a nice car. You, you know, you, you never see it. You take, you, you, know, you never see it. But, but everything you do depends on what happens in that game. And so, good or bad, you always remember. You remember them. Remember them all. I mean, all all somebody has to do is just click me on one, and I say, well, here's what happened, you know, and, and or here's where we were able to take it, or here's where it was taken away from us, because you're totally immersed in it. I mean, it's not like you're just there watching it. I mean, it's your livelihood, you know, and. If you don't do real well for a long time, then they take that livelihood away from you. That's why I did it for 31 straight years. I've been very fortunate. They never took it away from me. That's a lot of games, Mac. Yeah, it is. It still, I mean, what what we got now? Six years of broadcasting? That's even more. But the fact that comes with that, you can't manufacture that type of experience, and that's why I get to share with our 2 million listeners. Yeah, and we appreciate your insight. You're pretty good at it. Well, that's very kind of you to say. I know you don't mean it because we already established that you're the meaner one of us. Yeah, but I have my moments. You do. You, you kind of have nice moments. I think having the baby made you a little nicer. A little soft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. 
She might have. I'm glad, and I'm really worn me down. I'm just glad. A little bit. I'm, I'm glad for little Livy. Little little Livy softened you up some. Yeah. I like that. Smoothing out all the rough <laughs> Smoothing <patches>. it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mac, do you have anything else before we uh, head on the road to Philadelphia? Yeah, we just need to go up there and, and, and play a clean game. I mean, it's got to be a clean game. We talked about the kicking a little bit, but this is going to be important too. I mean, you know, they've, I've, I've coached games up there in the old vet, which was really a treat. <laughs> really a treat i mean the old vet was a treat you had the rats and the cats there to eat the rats you know down there in the locker rooms that was for real you had the courtroom and the jail in the bottom of it that was used a lot that was for real too you had the batteries coming out i played there once during the uh d- during the strike when we had the spare bears and we went in there had to go at two in the morning to cross the bridge so the truckers union wouldn't block the bridge and then the only people that were there at the game were the policemen that were on horses around all the aisles going up to it. It was quite quite the sight. Yikes. I've had a lot of Philly experiences. Well, hopefully this Philly experience is a good one. Yes. Titans are heading on the road to take on the 10-1 and Philadelphia Eagles. Kickoff for that game is noon Central Time. Please tune in. It will, it will be on Titans Radio with Mike Keith and Coach Mack. I'll be there. Rep Brian, whole gang will be in Philadelphia. So looking forward to it. It's going to be an exciting matchup. And uh, then we move forward with more December football. Yes. I mean, all our listeners will tune in. They're always tuned in. That's why there are listeners, two million of them. Exactly. Well, all two million of you, thank you for listening to the Titan Baby and Coaches.